0: You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There is a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791.
1: This is the podcast for November 21st, 2014. It's not safe for work.
0: Recorded live from the welcome wagon of the Hell No Caucus, it's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Hell
1: no caucus. That's something that we heard on uh, Tom Hartman this week that it wasn't Obama who stopped the Keystone XL pipeline, that there's this hell no Congress, hell no caucus in the yeah. United States Senate being yeah. led by Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Same. Hell no.
0: Yeah. Well, apparently there were Democrats hiding inside the Democratic Party. (laughs) Who knew it? Who knew? And and once the Landrew layer was burned away. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I think that's what we need to talk about as far as this topic is concerned is at what point do you just say, you know, that branch is just never going to yield any fruit. (laughs) Yeah. It's just not. It's just not. It doesn't do anything for us to have Mary Landrew. You know, poised to take over the Energy Committee at some point. Yeah. Later. Well, that doesn't and, help us in any way. Uh, yeah.
0: And it's it's it really does just solidify the South. You know, once she's yeah. gone, mm-hmm. it's pretty much that's it. There, there I think per, all but there's like nine Southern Democrats left. Yeah. I mean, it's some just an un, 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 unholy small number. Um, there's just a, the Confederacy's back. Yeah. And yeah. I think we as a team. Need to wrap our heads around the fact that the Confederacy has returned, as they promised they would. Yeah. And they're. You mean the South has
1: risen again? Is that what you're trying
0: to say? They have risen again. Uh huh. And that's what Jefferson Davis promised. You know, he said it. it, We'll fight on. Now that we don't have to. Now that our cities are all captured, Mm -hmm. we'll (laughs) we'll figure out some. And we're just gonna. And if you ever read his inaugural address or his uh, his final address before the South fell. Yeah. It was all about how it doesn't matter. You'll never force us to cooperate. You'll never force us to go along with you. We will harass you, harass you, until we just wear you down. We're going to win this eventually, however long it takes. And by God, they did. Yep, yep. Um, i got to give them that. The the, the stubborn, inbred (laughs) residents of Sisterfuck, Arkansas, Mm -hmm uh hang on like a snapping turtle they just don't and it doesn't really matter how wrong they are how stupid they are how many times you hit them in the face with a fact they just don't go down um and that's something that we're just not equipped to handle we're not
1: i i think we are are equipped to handle it from in one respect in the respect that i think we understand them better than they understand themselves in terms, and I'm not trying to be patronizing here.
0: Oh, please. But
1: no, really, I'm not. Really, I'm uh-huh. not. Yeah. Um, you know, there are two two ways to go about things, As as, and I don't want to get all new agey on people either, but uh, a lot of new age um, kind of philosophy talks about love and fear. Oh, yeah. Those are the yeah. only two emotions in the world, and every other emotion that <sighs> you can talk about stems from one of those two things, love or fear. And... If you watch Fox News, we know what emotion. Sure. They're going after. Sure. They're they're going for fear every time. It's fear. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why people are buying guns and white people are buying guns in Ferguson. It's mm-hmm. not love. It's fear. And and the fear. Um. There was an article in Mensa magazine last month about um. Shh. What people are afraid Shh. of. Don't talk, <laughs> don't talk about
0: the M word. Don't talk about yeah. the M word
1: uh the the five there's there are five different fears that everyone has, and in the top three is humiliation
0: yeah, yes, that's
1: and being humiliated, being outcast because you're wrong uh-huh. is a primal fear that yep. everyone has in their psyche and so and and that's from that stems the fear of public speaking for oh, yeah. a lot of people. so if you have that fear of humiliation. You'll do and, and and your people and your property and your lifestyle and your heritage and your ancestors have all been humiliated uh-huh you're going to do everything you can to go into denial to prevent that from being well, true
0: and that's that's I couldn't agree more um and, but I contend there are two kinds of denial mm-hmm. there's, there's two distinct species of denial mm hmm Um, And I heard one on this Stephanie Miller show this morning as I was rolling around town um, with the show that I should, of course, be on Um, the, uh, the, the first kind is the obvious kind. Mm -hmm. It's the, it's the, you know, Barack Obama wasn't born in this country kind, but the deficits are, are worse than, than Satan kind. um, Even though I didn't care about him two minutes ago, the, the denial uh, of fact, just patent flat out denial of reality. That's, That's 70 percent of the Republican Party right there. And there's no there's just no way around that. Mm -hmm. Um, But this caller was clearly a conservative, Mm. um, clearly and very frustrated and very angry. But he was he was very frustrated with everyone. And how everyone on all sides of the debate were all disappointing and, and, and wrong. And and he had the stink of that guy who he knows on some level. He's slightly more evolved than the mouth breathers and inbreds. Okay. Uh, the
1: ditto he, heads. In yeah. Other heads. yeah. Okay.
0: He, he can see the fact that his party is fucked up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He won't acknowledge the, the, the breadth of it. He won't acknowledge the history of it. He can't. Because his... Entire psyche would implode, but he can sort of see that Ted Cruz is an asshole. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, sort okay. of suss okay. that. Out. But he cannot, he cannot acknowledge that Ted Cruz is the problem, mm-hmm. that his party is the problem. It has to be both sides, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. if only one side is the problem, suddenly this essentially cowardly person who's desperately trying to avoid take being blamed for anything, mm-hmm. taking any responsibility for anything has to choose sides yeah he has to man up he has to nut up and say the problem is the Republican Party is broken and and they're crazy and nothing short of burning them to the ground and starting over is going to fix them because they're they're lost souls they've sold their souls they're gone as civic entities and and we have to proceed on that assumption from now on that, that we're we're at war they're the enemy and they're not going to give us anything whatever they offer us is poison. So don't yep. take it. We're, yep. we're going to have to defeat them. We're never going to compromise with them again. We're never going to play nice with them. We're never going to find common ground. We're going to have to defeat them somehow. And he cannot acknowledge that. Yeah. So yeah. everybody has to be to blame equally on all sides. And poor Stephanie Miller. I mean, I would have hung up on the guy. Uh, but mm-hmm. she, 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 she does what a lot of liberal talk show hosts do. A lot of liberals, like Tom Hartman, do tries to disassemble the guy's argument. But don't you acknowledge? But don't you agree that Ted Cruz? Don't you agree that that Mitch McConnell? Don't you agree? That, I mean, historic obstruction. No president has ever been obstructed like this in history. No president has had this many nominees held hostage in history. No, go- and government shutdown on and on. And the guy would go, Yeah, but the Democrats. Yeah, but both sides. Yeah, and he just he'd go halfway to the mark. But he, but he absolutely needed the dirty hippies to be equally responsible for mm-hmm, everything. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that is the guy who's the problem. That guy's the problem. Because, because of
1: both sides. Because, because he, he has both leaning, sides to hide. He is, yeah. he is
0: leaning hard on that crutch, man. Mm-hmm. And if, if that crutch ever breaks, I don't know what he'd do. Drop out of politics, blow his fucking brains out. I don't particularly care. But I want him out of my way. And mm-hmm. the only thing that keeps him standing up is that crutch of both sides. That's what keeps him going. And so he's, he's terrified of being humiliated yep. because he's clearly wrong. I mean, he clearly is up to his, his, lip, his lower lip in bullshit. He realizes his party is full of traitors and lunatics, and, and, and he's willing to sort of halfway go there. But he can't say, and we are entirely responsible for the fucking mess we're in. Because then where would that leave him? He'd either have yeah. to become a liberal or he'd have to vanish from the face of the earth. He'd have to eat a lot of shit, and he's not going to do that. So our job is to break the crutch. Our job as liberals is to forget about the ditto heads. They're hopeless. You're never going to convert them. You're never going to reason with them. Go wrestle with a pig. You know, yeah. <laughs> if you have all that, if you have all all that energy, go find a pig and wrestle with it for an hour. Because that's as much good as you're going to do arguing with fucking conservatives about anything. Well, Anyest, I got anywhere.
1: I got trolled this week by a guy on Twitter, and I feel bad about it, but it did teach me a lesson because ah. he did suck me into being to arguing about birth control. Uh huh. And I finally realized that. So what did we
0: What did we learn this week, Blue
1: Right. Guy? What did we learn this week? Which is don't go Google something so that you can bring something back to a conservative no. and explain to them what's really happening with Hobby Lobby. Because they will move the goalposts for you every time. Of course. And make your answer isn't pure enough for me. Right. And you need to give me specific documentation that the owners of Hobby Lobby know that Chinese people are being forced to have abortions. Mm-hmm. And if you can't prove that, right. then they're good Christians. And they are they just don't want to pay for birth control out of my tax dollars. And, you know, which makes no sense. Anyway. Yeah. I realized at that point <laughs> that my oh. a- my answer to anyone along those lines who who wants to make the argument of, I just don't want my tax dollars to pay for x whatever right. it
0: is is fuck you
1: is fuck you <laughs> uh huh fuck you I will not waste my time debating with someone who does not care about his fellow human beings yeah. and refuses to share the blessings that he he, it's always a he, has received as a as an American. If you are not willing to share the the bounty that you have in your life with your fellow human being, I have zero time for you. The end. Blocked. Done, and that's it. But you know, Driftglass, you sent me an article this week. I did. Written I... by an alleged conservative. Yes, I did. And you and I, you said this is going to cheer you up and make you hopeful. <laughs> Uh-huh. And it kind of did. <laughs> it's from uh, the Chronicle.
0: Houston Chronicle. The Houston, yeah, Chronicle, Houston Chronicle, I
1: believe. Uh-huh. Yep, Houston Chronicle. Uh-huh. By GOP Lifer, which way is right with Chris Ladd? Uh-huh. The missing story of the 2014 election. And uh, he has found a dark side. He is a conservative Republican who has found a dark side to the uh, victories of the midterms for Republicans. Yes. Uh, his first sentence is, few things are as dangerous to a long-term strategy as short-term victory. Uh-huh. Uh, Republicans this week scored the kind of win that sets one up for spectacular, catastrophic failure, and no one is talking about it. <laughs> um,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> uh, he called it, he calls it the blue wall. It's New England, New York, Pennsylvania, and Maryland, and New Jersey, uh-huh. which is all Democratic. Yeah. And the West Coast, including yeah. Nevada. Which is all Democratic. Yep. And uh, Minnesota, Midwest. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Michigan, which clearly vote Democratic in uh, presidential elections. Election. Yeah. Those states and New Mexico add up to 257 electoral votes. Right. And his point is, a moderately good Democratic candidate for president yes. has 257 electoral Going votes out. out of 270. Uh-huh. Stepping onto the stage before yep. he or she says anything. Yep. So uh, that's bad for Republicans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, and he and he's arguing that Virginia now sits behind the, the blue wall as well, and he's he's kind of kissing Virginia goodbye. You know the sentence I'm going to read from uh, the yeah. table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Almost half of the Republican congressional delegation now comes from the former Confederacy. Total coincidence, just pointing that out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was a
0: good one. Because and then just, he
1: follows up with, there are no more white Democrats from the South. Nope. None.
0: There are only African American Democrats.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: They've gerrymandered all the Democrats together in one place. So there's only one seat. Or so there's only two or three seats. Exactly.
1: In Alabama, where I lived for 14 years, uh-huh. they... Everybody, including African-American voters, called them the Black Seats.
0: Oh, they are. But and, it, the intent is to herd all the Democrats into one supermajority super yeah. district. Mm-hmm. So they won't have five congressional districts. Right. They'll only have one.
1: Right. It's, and that's what gerrymandering exactly. is for. And the,
0: and the only way, the only people who can win those districts are African-American uh, candidates. Except, by and large.
1: except that in Huntsville, Alabama, which has a lot of highly educated white Democratic voters uh-huh. in it. Uh, that was a black seat. That was yeah. a black seat. That was a black seat until a white lesbian mm-hmm. went door to door and provided yeah. constituent services and had a mm-hmm. good reputation among educated people. And she won. And the African-American Democrats in Alabama lost their minds, Yeah, lost yeah. their minds mm-hmm. and uh, didn't want didn't want her to uh, be on the ballot. I mean, it was it was a huge fight. Because she's not she doesn't represent us. She's not this is for the black caucus will be diminished by one vote if mm-hmm. if we allow her to represent the Democratic Party. But she won the primary. Yeah. What's wrong with you? She won the primary. She did the work. She won the primary. No.
0: Welcome to the yeah. Chicago Aldermanic exactly. election.
1: Exactly. Chicago Alderman. It's, Same it's, thing.
0: It's this many for you, this many for you, yep. this many for yep. you.
1: Yep. That's and our seat. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So um that was That was a very interesting time. I lived in Alabama when that happened, and white Democrats were outraged because she'd won the primary mm-hmm. and and worked really hard to win the primary and and it it didn't help that she was gay because no. <laughs> no. that got constituencies on on both sides uh-huh. uh either very much for her or very much against her and uh she I believe is still a congresswoman from Huntsville so
0: well oh. and and but the idea is that there's this artificial okay. scarcity,
1: yes, yes, that's created by gerrymandering.
0: The object of the exercise is to create scarcity. You know, there is only one seat. there are only three congressional seats because of gerrymandering, therefore well, that pits all of the all of the constituencies against each other. they can't there's there's not there's there's only one seat of power mm-hmm. because it's been it's been constricted to the point where you only have one, so yeah. The the African Americans are going to fight with the white lesbian lady
1: mm-hmm, because mm-hmm.
0: there's not enough to go around.
1: Yeah, and actually, uh, this was a state house. This was a state rep. Her name is Patricia Todd, and uh, she is still in the state house. Yep.
0: Yep. Uh, but uh, and the, the my eye was drawn to the last part of the article where mm-hmm. uh, what are we getting from Republicans? Climate change oh, she... <laughs> denial, climate denial, theocracy, thinly veiled racism, paranoia, and Benghazi hearings. Lots and lots of hearings on Benghazi. It's almost too late for Republicans to participate in shaping the next wave of our economic and political transformation. The opportunities we inherited coming out of the Reagan era are blinked out of ex- are blinking out of existence one by one while we chase so-called issues so stupid, so blindingly disconnected from our emerging needs that our grandchildren will look back on our performance in much the same way that we see the failure of the generation that fought desegregation.
1: I think so- that's hilarious. We see the failures of the generation that fought desegregation? Uh-huh. I think there's a lot of Republicans that don't see that as a failure That's at all.
0: Exactly. That's <laughs> where I was going. It it really depends on who writes history. Yeah. And according to lots of people in this country, history began January 20th, 2009, mm-hmm. because all they watch is Fox News. And according to David Brooks, and I, I, I stand by my theory, David Brooks is, doesn't write columns anymore. David Brooks writes chapters in his forthcoming novel on the alternate history of the American Society from Mm -hmm. the last fifty years, in which there are no conservatives. Um, You read through his columns; Phyllis Schlafly doesn't exist. Jerry Falwell was never there. There was never a uh, a Rush Limbaugh
1: is not mentioned. Never happened.
0: Never met. Newt Gingrich is barely mentioned. Uh, He's you know he's he's scoffed at every now and then, but he never led a movement. There was never like an uprising. There was never a turn in the party. There's just a bunch of whigs like David Brooks who are very reasonable. They live, you know, in that solid blue wall up in the American upper (laughs) northeast corner. um, And he never goes any place that isn't just like him. He never actually talks to people who aren't just like him. And there's just a bunch of confused, addled Crazy politicians trapped in some sort of weird system that doesn't make any sense. But there is nobody to blame. Yeah, it, what, There is no conservative movement. There is no right-wing talk radio. There's no Fox News. They simply don't exist in David Brooks' universe. And if David Brooks gets to write history, then guess what? Future generations won't look back on this time and wonder about um Why the Republican Party lost its mind they'll look back and wonder about the failed obama presidency because <laughs> yes. that's that's how the republicans are right the, the recession will have begun at some point during the Obama presidency due to his kenyan roots and 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 Benghazi will figure prominently uh because that that's the history they have already know that's the history yeah. they know already that's what what they remember and Remember, for them, history is just yesterday. Yeah. So the idea, I, I, I use this as a literary trope every now and then in my writing, but and it's mostly out of desperation. It's mostly out of sadness that I'm writing this down so that at some point in the future, I'm hoping things aren't as fucked up as they are now, mm-hmm. and people can look back with some sense of clarity. Because we're in the middle of a of a shitstorm. We're in the middle of a, yeah. a a complete meltdown in this country. A complete. Well, and
1: it's like that. It's like that picture. You open the door. And it is up to the tippy top with Fox News lies that you have to quote unquote deal with. Yes. And that's what they expect you to do. Is that's what's in your face twenty four seven? Is you know what what did Louis Gomert say today? What did Louis Gohmert say today? No, we're trying to. Right. And we have to waste time stopping the XL pipeline mm-hmm. instead of building a good energy infrastructure for this country.
0: And it is like
1: yeah, it, it so. is
0: like living in buffalo every day
1: yeah yeah
0: because every day there's eight feet of republican bullshit mm-hmm. on the roof mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and we and we have to spend all of our time shoveling it off and have no time for anything else like actual policy making yeah and you know what tomorrow morning is going to be eight more feet of republican bullshit on the mm-hmm. roof mm-hmm. and more mm-hmm. and more and more and so the idea that we should engage these people as if they yeah. are yeah. Citizens that we have to respect, whose opinion we have to respect, I think is completely misplaced. You, you don't engage their lies one at a time because they'll drown you. You engage them as a concept. Republicans generally are traitorous assholes who need to be gotten rid of. Mm-hmm. They are a cancer on this country.
1: How do you deal with that when the person that you're dealing with is uh, a relative across the Thanksgiving table, though? I
0: don't and this talk is... about it. <laughs> that's, I I don't, mean, no, I don't talk it. about it. Yeah, yeah. Because Because what, what is the point? You yep. know? And I have noticed that at Thanksgiving, it's almost never the liberal that's the asshole. Yeah. <laughs> It's usually crazy Uncle Liberty yeah. throws the first bomb. It's very much like talk radio. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, there was a, a sort of a wincingly incompetent column today by Andrew Sullivan just wringing his hands about the loss of civility. Mm-hmm. And he was he said, I have to agree uh, with Jonah Goldberg. You know, Jonah Goldberg <laughs> wrote the, and, and one of his readers helpfully sent along the cover of the of Jonah Goldberg's book, uh, Liberal Fascism. And
1: right. Really, right. this is
0: the guy. Really, this is the this guy. Is who the
1: guy. Is so civil, right? But he's,
0: right. he and and Andrew Sullivan is 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 a twit and a schizophrenic twit, and he's and he wrings his hands about the loss of civility. I think it has to do with the fact that he's getting his ass handed to him on the GamerGate thing. Hmm. He wandered into some argument he had no business participating in and got destroyed, and now he wants everyone to be really cool and civilized, man. And he he writes this long apology about how you know it's really hard when you're a blogger and just trying to tell the truth and tell it like it is man i i'm 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 as guilty as many people are of of making the the internet a more uncivil place but oh it's just so sad it's so very very sad yeah but here's the thing we tried the polite thing during the 90s see we tried the reaching out and here's an olive branch and let's try to cooperate
1: well, we tried and that we'll, in 2009 too and, The president did
0: we, And what we got was um, seven years of witch hunts Mm -hmm. and impeachment. Mm -hmm. And And although my president was dumb enough to try it again and it completely failed again, I don't see what alternative you have when I'm rude as a reaction to being called a traitor for the last 30 years. Right, right. You want, to, you want me to be real polite? Stop calling me a traitor. Stop fucking up my country. Stop mm-hmm. lying all the time. But given that we've tried everything else, it's time to get back to being rude. It's Definitely. time when Crazy Uncle Liberty at the, at the, <laughs> at the table, so you're talking about immigrants. Your response will be, shut your fucking pie hole, old mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Shut mm-hmm. your fucking lying mouth. What mm-hmm. the fuck is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. You've been wrong about everything your entire goddamn life. Why don't you go in the basement Oh, no, no, no,
1: don't. Not a Thanksgiving. We're not going to tell people off themselves on Thanksgiving.
0: No, no. I was going to suggest crawl under a bed, pop open, pop open a copy of Guns and Ammo, leave us the fuck alone. Mm -hmm. Why don't you go yell at a cloud? Because every time you come into this conversation right out of the box, it's those goddamn liberals. And there's the problem. Mm -hmm. It's nobody says anything when it's just crazy Uncle Liberty yelling.
1: Yeah. You were saying only, that, that liberals have to be the assholes at the table. Is that the only answer, though? No, I don't no, no.
0: What I'm saying is you will notice that nobody says anything when it's only one side.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: When it's two sides, when you punch back, suddenly it's everybody's a being crazy. It's yeah. a problem. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's yeah. never a problem when dad's drunk. It's a problem when... You tell Dad he he can't have the bottle anymore. Yep. Then everybody's oh, it's very stressful. Yep. No, no, no. You know, when you tell Dad is- if
1: he tries to hit Mom one more time, you're gonna put him in the floor.
0: Yeah. Well, now. Oh it's- my
1: God! Now it's a problem. We have a lack of respect in the house. Oh.
0: It's, o- <laughs> it's only a problem when you stand up to them. Yep. And this is true of our media. It's only a problem. Mm-hmm. It's only ever a problem when liberals push back. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes everyone's so rude. Everyone's a vituperative foul mouth. On the internet. No, it's because we've already tried every color in the palette. And nothing works. Nothing shuts these people up. Nothing makes them any smarter. Nothing impedes them from trying to wreck my country. And nothing ever forces the press to report on them honestly. No amount of pleading with Chuck Todd will make him report honestly on what's happening in the GOP. So it's time people started smacking Chuck Todd upside his fucking head. It's time every time you get into a confrontation uh, on email, Twitter, Chuck Todd needs to know how much we hate him. How much we think he's an incompetent, loathsome little toad. Well, and, and, may- why?
1: And, and why. And why. And, and make why? sure you break through with why, which is you are an apology. Every time you say both sides, you are actually covering up from Republican bullshit. And, and, I'm and not we, we it's all
0: know it. We all know work. that that's what's going to happen. Yeah. But for, there was a moment in 2004 when it worked. And, yep. and all the nice... Oh, well,
1: and and the cartoonist um, Don Quixote,
0: yeah.
1: who's done that cartoon of little Luke Russert, and yes. it says... BCDI, both sides yeah. do it on his T-shirt. Yep. And I think, okay, it has cut through, mm-hmm. thanks to Jimmy Dore and Don Quixote and a lot of other people that, you know, BSDI start, starts with BS. <laughs> yep,
0: yep. Animus. And I,
1: I came up with, uh you know, about Duncan Black. He had EOKR. It's okay yes. if you're a Republican. Today I had to email someone and say. Iamyar, I O A M I Y A R. It's only a mandate if you're Republican. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I... that's absolutely true. Well, someone someone emailed us, and one of our frequent emailers answer, uh, asked us, "Why is it that all of a sudden Republicans have a mandate, but 2008 and 2012 don't count?" Well.
0: well. <laughs> Why, why is it the Confederacy paid no attention to Lincoln's election or re-election? Yeah. Because they don't think they're part of this country. They don't think yeah. it applies to them. Yeah. They only they only recognize their own authority. And it's time we got it through our heads. We're at war with these people. Yeah, and It's, it's a cold war, but we're at war with them. And nothing they offer us is anything but poison and until they are defeated and driven from the battlefield. That's the day we can start making progress. But until that happens, if you're not on our side, you're on their side. Yeah. And sadly, I, and, and believe me, I wish it weren't. I wish, I wish this weren't the case. I, I, I would. I never wanted to be a blogger. Yeah. I never wanted to be a writer of this kind of thing. I never wanted to be a podcaster. I never wanted any of this. But when when the the whole country's on fire. And the arsonists are winning, mm-hmm. and the fire department's being called traitor, and the hoses are being cut. Somebody has to stand up and say this is insane, and start pointing at the people in the middle, the people in the center, the people who will not make up their mind, the people who won't point to the obvious villain and say that's the obvious villain, and say you're the fucking problem.
1: Well, you, see, and you, I Luke think Russers, I think that's the, fucking the in- problem. I think that that if you really want to make every if you really want to ruin Thanksgiving for everybody,
2: yeah. <laughs> I don't.
1: <laughs> Which we don't. don't. But don't. you know, the the way to write a Thanksgiving drama is not to have the liberal be an asshole back to crazy Uncle Liberty. Uh-huh. The way to do it is to have the liberal ask everyone else on the table, what do you think of that? Do you think Uncle Liberty's right about that? Really? Really? You think that uh, sure. you know, Obama's out to destroy America? Really? Put well, everyone else on the spot. let's not talk politics at the table. Both sides are equally wrong.
0: Right,
1: that's where you're wrong.
0: No. If you, know? you if you really want to if you really you want know, to Both wanna,
1: sides didn't shut down the government. You don't believe that. You don't really believe both sides are equally wrong. You know well, better
0: than that. Now you're, now you're now you're Stephanie Miller.
1: Yeah. And well, the person on the,
0: the lines go, "Well, but yeah, but really both sides. Yeah, but 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 both sides because they don't want crazy Uncle Liberty to take a uh the carving knife and put it through their hand or whatever yeah. he's threatening to do. They they don't want him to go fucking ape shit. Yeah. And so they are willing to do anything just to keep him from from screaming at the top of his lungs about the goddamn liberals. And that means being very quiet and talking about the game, <laughs> talking yeah. about the weather, yeah. and go go do that. But it is maybe really... we ought
1: to maybe we ought to all print out the copies of the Ryan budget that deal with social security and health care and persuade. hand it out to everybody. That'll persuade. No, <laughs> no, no. Facts Actually, you know, no. I think that. That persuaded a couple of Republicans that I know Uh that Romney was wrong when he selected Paul Ryan because there is a segment of the Republican Party that really, really likes their Social Security and believes everything that AARP tells them. Uh And so when the Ryan budget came out and it really, really, really was, we're going to turn Medicare into a voucher system for 50 and under – uh-huh. And that really was written up in the ARP sure. documentation. Sure. That woke some people up to say, well, we don't want Paul Ryan representing us.
0: You know, but so, it was also the reason it was 15 under is because we're hoping that 15 older are selfish bastards who don't give a shit. Right. About and who
1: anything. don't care about their kids. But right. that turns out not to be the case. And mm. and that we've talked about that before, that people do not think generationally when it comes to Social Security and Medicare. They think in no. terms of class. And they know that their 51-year-old daughter who's working at Kmart on Thanksgiving doesn't have a retirement plan, except so, for Social Security and
0: Medicare. So-, of, so somewhere between calling Uncle Liberty a liar
1: mm-hmm.
0: and putting off the Ryan budget, um, I would suggest offer to lead the prayer. <laughs> oh, Lord, please leave these Pharisees and hypocrites mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. cannot see the truth in front of their eyes away from the path of darkness and lying and bullshittery and into a larger, more holy place where they care about the poor and they care about the other and they care about the stranger and they care about the meek, just like Jesus wanted us to. Amen.
1: Or you could read, and I'm going to be Bible bitch here.
0: Please do. Bible bitch.
1: That's not scriptural. 1 John four eighteen, uh-huh. God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. This way, love has the run of the house, becomes at home, and mature in us. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ. There is no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear, since fear is crippling. A fearful life is one not yet fully formed in love. Amen. All right. Amen. Fear is crippling, you know. But when when Paul says that, when he says when love is mature in us, our standing in the world is identical with Christ. I think about what Douglas Adams said about Jesus. <laughs> he was nailed to a tree for That's saying we right. should be nice to each other. Or was right. that Monty Python? I can't. Uh, I know it was no. It was Douglas Adams. It was yeah. Douglas Adams. Yeah. yeah, nailed to a tree for telling other people they should be nice to each other. So, so
0: let's, let's let's remember what the fate of that that advice usually is.
1: Well, it's denouncement from materialistic thought. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yep. Those who are in a materialistic, selfish, fearful mindset will try to kill you, uh-huh. either intellectually or physically, and you will have a broken heart. Guaranteed. Yep. That Those two things are guaranteed if you are following Christ. Yep. So,
2: so
1: <laughs> grow up and get over
0: it. Wait a minute. <laughs> What about the road, the the, no. the fishes and the loaves Bible and the wine, and all that di- good shit? No, Bible, That's
1: dude. why she's Bible bitch, because she right. doesn't have any time for that.
0: <laughs> no, it's it's it is the road, the road is very long and yeah. hard, and it's most of most of us fail.
1: Yeah, all the time we fail all, all the time. time. Yeah. So
0: that's why we we tend to be a little more. In the long run, I'm a very hopeful person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I really am, but in this third year of the civil war mm-hmm. it's really important to me that we get our house in order so that we can have a long run yep and i don't see any way to get our house in order if these vandals and lunatics are continually permitted to as i've said before toss cinder blocks into traffic and without any consequence or any punishment at all, we, we will never be able to get ourselves get our legs under ourselves well enough to walk into the future as long as these people are allowed to cut us off every time we try. They have to be the they are the problem. We we really have to focus ourselves on the GOP, the conservative movement is the problem, and we have to make sure that anyone in the media who reports otherwise um, is held to account for that. And I, I can't. I mean, you can. We have a little microphone here and a couple of laptops. But we did this at the height of the Iraq war. There were enough liberals who were pissed off enough, all singing with the same voice, all pointing in the same direction, that we pushed the press far enough that they had to start inviting people on to meet the press who didn't toe the goddamn party line. Right, right. And then it, then we fell back again. You know, then it slid back into, well, you know, we're not a red America or a blue America. And I blame Barack uh-huh. Obama, frankly, for that. But. It is possible to do. It is enormously difficult, and no one person can do it on their own. But it is possible. But if we keep getting squirrel distracted by every squirrel fucking thing that comes along and, and chasing down every rabbit hole and getting into every argument with every lunatic who knows mm-hmm. how to troll us, we're never going to get anywhere.
1: Right. And I, I want to not uh, end this podcast without talking about Ferguson and yeah. and praying for the protesters in Ferguson. Um John Lewis. Yeah. Who, you know, was on that bridge in Selma.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh said Ed, about Edmund advised protesters in Ferguson to pace themselves. And he said, and I'm quoting, be like a pilot light and not like a firecracker. A firecracker just pops off and it's gone. A pilot light will continue to burn. And mm-hmm. that's where we've gotta be. Uh on and everything. Uh Drift glass. And I I, I also wanted to say uh, quickly, because you had said this in our conversation preparing for this podcast, the tragedy of liberalism is memory. We are doomed to remember and we are doomed to debate those who do not remember. So Mm -hmm. um, finally, uh, today it was published uh, a text from Tallahassee, Florida. Um, There's a man with a gun in the library. I love you. It was to her her mother. Mm -hmm. Uh, The shooting at Florida State. Uh, And um, my children, our children, this week experienced lockdown drills at their schools. Yep. Uh, We were already going to talk about this because, Mm -hmm. one, my first thought was my tax dollars at work, and then my second thought was my tax dollars at work? Yeah. Teaching my children that there might be a shooter in their school. And I had an experience uh, late last week where for— Real, literally less than two minutes. Uh, my daughter was missing at school, and I figured she was in the building somewhere, yeah. but I couldn't find her. Uh-huh. It was the wrong daughter at the wrong school. She was at her sister's school trying to find her sister, and and uh, she <laughs> instead of instead of being where she was supposed to be to meet her sister, she just said, "Oh, I get to run all over my sister's school and look at everything." <laughs> and And you know in the in my in the front of my head, I'm thinking, I know exactly what she's doing. You know she's running around the school in the back of my head. I'm thinking, this is dangerous,
0: yes, holy crap. she yeah.
1: got into the first of all, she's not a student there, and she got into the school building. Uh-huh. secondly, who else could get into the school building uh-huh. and they're doing lockdown drills this week, and they're the reason that all all of the schools are do are all doing the lockdown drills within one week is. This is the week the police department has decided to be present, to to use their manpower, to be present Mm -hmm. at each school building to observe the lockdown drills and make sure that they're working, working, quote unquote. Um, And it's terrifying. And it is a response to terrorism. And the terrorism is from the NRA. Yes. And end of story. Um, But I wonder, uh, you and I were talking at lunch about duck and cover. In the fifties yeah. and just teaching a whole generation of school children and you know, the 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 stated purpose was to teach a whole generation of school, school children that they were safe right. by giving them a drill in response to an insane situation. Right. Whereas what they really learned was don't trust authority.
0: Right. Well that I in I the think end. They, yeah, in the end that they I mean this was a this generation, to, yeah. This was a way to give kids something to do other than panic.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, that's what these lockdown drills are too. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and the same generation later found out that pot wasn't going to kill you or make you insane. And that Richard Nixon was actually the lying, thieving uh, mm-hmm. monster that everyone on the left said he was. And that we've been lied to in <laughs> Vietnam for 15 years. Um, and that J. Edgar Hoover bugged everybody, including Martin Luther King. And holy crap. All the people who've been telling me how to live my life and the rules we're supposed to live by and law and order and and black and white and, he, and all the authority figures in my life turned out to be liars. Yeah. And that's sort of what happened. That's when the 60s went boom. That's what came, that that's where it came from. It was a it was a because remember, people stayed clean for Gene. Yep. You know, there were all kinds of well-dressed, clean-shaven young men. If you want to be in a protest march, especially a civil rights protest march, you goddamn be- better wear your Sunday best because you're going to yep. be on TV. Suit and tie. Um, so or nun's idea...
1: habit. You can wear your nun's uh, habit to the protest habit,
0: march. Your your <laughs> collar or your habit, whatever you want. Um, but the idea was don't freak out the squares.
1: Yep.
0: And at some point it got to be, wait a minute, the squares are the problem. Mm-hmm. The The people who keep us believing things that are patently untrue for... Apparently, really nefarious reasons, they're the problem. And so, yeah, I kind of wonder what happens 10 years from now to the kids that we're teaching lockdown drills to.
1: Yeah, that's um, what I wonder. I really yeah. do. And I'm I'm raising three of them and I'm scared for them. I'm scared yeah. for them now and I'm scared for how they're going to react to this. Their generation is going to react to this in the future. And I'm really, um, well, I mean, I pray for them every day because they're my yeah. children. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we are still looking for your letters. Uh, Send us a letter for our Thanksgiving show. Uh, If you don't know what to write about, let us know how you will be making the world a better place in the future months and years. And we had a wonderful thing happen on our Facebook page this week. I was so happy. Uh, There was, it came across my computer screen, a school in Milwaukee. An English teacher was looking for 21 copies of... Fahrenheit 451 for his classroom via Donors Choose, which is a great charity to go to. Cool. And uh, I posted it at our Facebook page. And Molly, who is a frequent contributor to our podcast, and we're very grateful to her. Uh, she did not put <laughs> she did not put um, "fuck you, Scott Walker" on our Facebook page because she no. she thought the kids would see it.
2: <laughs> yes. Bless
1: her but heart. she decided to fund uh, the Fahrenheit 451 project after seeing it at our Facebook page. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, and it, they had already received contributions, so she just topped them off completely. Uh-huh. And yep. what a wonderful thing to do! And uh, it just made me smile that here is a school with high poverty and students that uh, need good literature that they can really engage. Their, that can engage their thinking i'm not going to say set themselves set their imaginations on fire because that would be way too punny but yeah uh, fahrenheit 451 you don't want to make the fire puns but no, uh, no. it was uh it was a lovely thing to do and and what a nice connection to make so uh and he and the teacher emailed both of us and uh said thank you so we're all very excited about that let's do a little shout out to scott in ohio
0: Yay, Scott! Thank you, Scott. Scott, Scott you sent you us a so
1: laptop, and we are working on it. I, um, I'm a Windows person. I'm adjusting to. He sent us it. It has Windows on it. Windows is very slow on this machine that he sent, and he warned me about that. It also has Linux on it, and it was my first real experience with working with Linux. And Linux is very clean and very nice. Um, now I'm trying to make sure that the the Linux side of this computer. Can run all of the software that I need to produce the podcast. So, yeah, uh, I worked on that today and got quite a, quite far. And hopefully by next week we'll be working on a Linux machine for uh, the podcast. Well, and, we'll try.
0: And you discovered and this is incredibly generous. Thank you very much.
1: Yes, Scott. thank you, Scott and his wife. Yeah, thank you very much.
0: Well, and but you discovered, for example, one of the pieces of software we use. Has not only been discontinued, but it's been hollowed out.
1: Yeah. Well, it, it's been uh, the the file for the Linux. Uh, you can still download it for Windows. Uh-huh. The Levelator, the Levelator software from Conversations Network, which we use to clean up our sound a little bit. Uh, Conversations Network doesn't support it anymore. They don't. Uh, re- they don't advertise it anymore. They aren't working there anymore. And but you can still download. at least the Windows version, but the Linux version downloaded and gave me a file called Conversation. This is really going into the weeds, but it's <laughs> a file called Levelator that didn't have anything in
0: it. <laughs> so it <was> empty. whoops. <laughs> so it was a little joke. Yeah.
1: Um, and and it's a real white wine for me to go, I want my levelator.
0: <laughs> <yeah>.
1: <laughs> I'm not gonna work on Linux if I can't have levelator. But,
0: but it's for all of you people out there, I assume ninety-three percent of you um, have laptop horror stories. Yeah. Um it it's there's a moment. When you're working on a problem, when you realize, "Holy crap, this is going to tip over a lot of dominoes."
2: Yeah,
0: I now have to solve 17 problems mm-hmm. just to get back to this one. Yeah, and that's the moment when I usually just say, "You know, fuck it, I'm going to yeah. go to I'm going to go. I'll find another solution." But um, my wife is far more patient than I am, uh, and far more virtuous in every way. Oh, for so uh, sake. but it's it's just that's something we can all share. I think that yeah that that mounting sense of Oh yeah, that solution to this silly little problem I'm having uh, is going to take me 18 hours, and I have to call some guys I know in the Pacific Rim who aren't exactly uh, white hats, but they <laughs> might have a solution. We we live in the same world you all do, and and we these are first world problems, man. These are you know that <laughs> these are such we are so privileged and so fortunate, yep, um, and so lucky to have. Um, uh, live in the country we live in and have the tools and toys we have at our fingertips and have to wonderful people like you. Who and have friends to us.
1: like Scott uh, and Lauren. Lauren is Scott's wife and it's yeah. her laptop, her it's, college laptop apparently that I have in front of me now. So, uh, so deeply you. appreciate you forwarding that on. And uh, the only thing that I, I'm now afraid of, Drift Glass, uh-huh. is that when I wake up tomorrow morning or the morning after this podcast is is posted seven hundred Linux guys writing me saying, "Well, what you why, should
0: do is why, this." <laughs> why be afraid? You know it's going to happen. Yeah.
1: I I know I know that as passionate as I am about our Lord Jesus, yes, Linux users are much more passionate oh, yeah. than I am.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, and if you want to if you want sort to of start pitched battle at our dining room table, which uh, ask what the best gaming platform is <laughs> oh, among my God. age age <laughs> ranged. Ten 12 through year old
1: 16. And sixteen. Oh my uh-huh. god! Yeah. Ask them whether Xbox three. What whether what makes a better Christmas present? Do you want a refurbished PlayStation? Or do you want a refurbished Xbox? And, and then you,
0: <laughs> and you just the sit back and just the fun.
1: start flying up yeah. in the air. Yeah.
0: And then you can just you don't need a babysitter at that point. <laughs> at you that point. <laughs> Come back in two hours and and they'll be on the table dressed as pirates, screaming. <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong. Game Informer says you're wrong. <laughs>
1: Let me let me quote to you from this so about that so-called platform from Game Informer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh Lord!
0: We do have our fun. We have our cheap fun, and it's-
1: we do have our cheap fun. But it is it's pretty wild when you when you you know if you want to have if you want to have a Thanksgiving table, get get a highly intelligent twelve and sixteen year old, and uh-huh. get them fighting about
0: gaming platforms. Yeah.
1: What? Minecraft has no plans for Xbox One.
0: Not even any plans for it.
1: Not even any plans for it. <laughs> that yeah. means it sucks. Oh lord. Well, thank you, Driftglass. I My think pleasure. I'll be able to put a show together out of this.
0: I, I, I'm sure you will. I'm sure it'll be award winning. Award winning. Yeah. Award ready. Award, award ready.
1: It's always award ready.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> We're ready for any awards anybody wants to give. Sure.
0: Us. Hey, you remember the remember the old days when there used to be awards?
1: Yeah, the Koufax and, the and Koufax, there's, there's Koufax. a lot Koufax. There's always a lot of talk about bringing those back, but I don't yeah, think it's going to happen. They
0: never do blogger awards and Koufax awards and all sorts of things. We
1: don't me. need no stinking awards.
0: Yeah, it's a strange time. A strange time to live in. I don't.
1: I, think, I don't. I'm not impressed with awards. Just no. Ever, well, since, I, ever since I found out that uh, Mustache of Understanding is on the Pulitzer committee, I went. uh yeah, Kind of. Well, that's kind, kind of forget it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm kind of wondering what the next thing is going to be because we were, and this was at your urging and the urging of mm-hmm. several people. We were early podcast adopters, mm-hmm. uh, but now everybody has a podcast. Well, every, everybody
1: had a, everybody has a podcast for four episodes.
0: Right. Well, every no every all the all the hitters, all the people, all the professionals have a, a, a podcast appendix to their media portfolio,
1: but they suck.
0: It's like, and they're all, and they all have. <laughs> oh, the, I
1: didn't say that. I'm not. Speaking.
0: Well, they all have the pre, they all have the premium version. Yeah. You know the, well, the no, one. The, one that I you, don't
1: mind that. You know there there are some good liberal podcasters out there who've been working hard forever who also have premium content. Yeah. And that I don't have a problem with. But no, no, no. It's it's I'm, the firewall where you've got um the whole publishing company from from Manhattan behind right you. right. And, and and you're you're four people who said yeah, and and you know that three of those people on the podcast are somebody's kid.
0: What interests me is is the early days of blogging where you and I were young and the world was new. <laughs> you no, know, when uh, the early days of blogging, um, it was it there was a there was a thrill to it. Yeah. It was yeah. promising, and then along came the horde. Then along came Huffington Post. Then yep. along came aggregators. Then along came people with business plans, and they sort of swamped and swallowed the whole idea of blogging up yep. and and turned it into a, a business.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And now you have you have the same people who were um, media types before the revolution mm-hmm. are mostly the same people who are the media types after the revolution. Yeah, yeah. And so then you have this this cutting edge thing called podcasting. And that was really cool. And that was really amazing. And now it has a feeling of, oh, here they come again. Mm -hmm. We're going to drown in premium content podcasts from every news organization. Everybody who already has a radio show, already has a television show, already has a a column in the Daily Beast and the Huffington Post. um, And then it'll just turn into an ocean once again. And that rising tide, you know, Blue it doesn't raise all boats. It really doesn't. It sort of raises only the people whose boats are already in the water.
1: I guess I feel as though um, the work threshold that's involved with podcasting is a little bit higher than blogging and certainly aggregating. Yeah. Uh, you ag- the only pe- people that aggregate podcasts that I know of are best of the left, and that's oh, it.
0: Oh, and they, they do a really good job.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, everybody else would – I don't know anyone else that would take the time to do that. So – um,
0: I bet you still own a Betamax, don't you?
1: <laughs> no, I never. I never owned a Betamax.
0: Quality, but, quality versus marketing. Yeah,
1: but I did have a roommate that had a Betamax. Yeah, yeah. for that reason. Yeah, quality. I, I, yeah. I
0: will never bet against marketing again. Let me put it yeah. that way. Yep. So, but but I like our podcast. I'm happy with it. I, I I really like all of our friends' podcasts. Um, and I'm still happy to be a blogger.
1: So I like I'm our just, listeners. So,
0: yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. I'm not in it for any other reason but to my thing, but that's but, always but been as, kind of my attitude. Is
0: but as as a as a phenomenon, mm-hmm. it's interesting to watch it happen again. Yeah, You can yeah. sort of see where this is going, and it's, yeah. It's but I becoming... mean,
1: ha, having done this for five years in January, uh huh. And having and if you look, I mean, this this is something that Bob Seska has really complained about uh, a lot. Glenn uh, Greenwald. No, oh G-O, yeah, he does that too. But <laughs> uh iTunes. Yeah. That iTunes yeah. puts, you know, at the top of their recommended list for podcasts, podcasts that recorded three episodes and are gone, and the right. last episode they did was 2011. Mm-hmm. You know, so we've seen a lot of podcasts kind of just come and go. And you know, well, I did, I did an episode last summer. It was 80 minutes long. That ought to hold them. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. remember that episode of uh, Mark Maron's show? Yeah, I
2: do. You know? It was nine
1: no.
0: hours long. Yeah. It, was,
1: it was nine hours long. That ought to hold them. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs>
0: yeah. It, it was the Fafnir. No, you got to
1: be there every day. You got to be there every week, man. You got to be scheduled. and.
0: Oh, no. Faflog proved that wasn't necessary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fafflog, We still go back and read fafflog every Sorry. once in a while. Damn that's, it.
0: That's, I sent him money. I know. Whoever that was. I know. Who's Fafnir? Who was it? Fafnir. 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 Fafnir had a job someplace. Oh, yeah. As,
1: as a writer. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm not.
0: Yeah, that's. We were just. We were just his summer thing.
1: <laughs> we were something summer thing. Yeah. yeah. I want to be Ron right. Funch's summer thing.
0: Yeah. Except well, they yeah.
1: Except don't. Except they don't. But no.
0: yeah. But goddamn, that guy's funny.
1: He is hilarious. All right, yeah. we gotta go. We, we gotta go. Talking. Enough I can. T- I can talk to you back in the bedroom. I did not need to talk to you on the podcast. Enough of
0: those four playlists and. What's <laughs> the joke? Yeah. 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 Love you, darling.
1: Uh, and
0: fade. And scene. Yep.
1: So send us your letters. You can send them to ProLeftPodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you're going to make the world a better place in the uh, years and months to come. We appreciate it. Or whatever else is on your mind. We'd love to hear from you. Each week we post to our Facebook page and website an Internet Kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's Internet Kitty is Baby Girl. She's an adorable cat, and you really ought to go check her out at our Facebook page and website. You can send your Internet Kitty to us at our email address, ProLeftPodcast at gmail.com Where you can also write to both of us Feel free to write us, we love hearing from you Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses We reserve the right to read your email Or U.S. Postal Service Postal Unions Letter on the air, unless you say otherwise So Driftglass, how are the internet kitties doing this
0: week? the internet kitties are not Interested in tasting your damn kale recipe Let's think about living living.
2: Let's
0: Let's think about loving Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the whining and the
2: crying the shooting and the dying and the fellow and the switchblade knife. Let's think about living.
1: Let's think about life. The Professional F Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2014. Drift Glass Blue Gal Podcast.
0: Minecraft is awesome. Now it's time for Science Fiction University with our science fiction expert GIF Glass.
1: It was my grandmother's kale recipe. Yeah.
0: Don't she care. tried
1: to feed it to her cats and they turned up their noses at it too. All right, I have a science fiction university and this one is from Goodreads dot com, which I of which I am a member. And some people have asked me on Facebook to friend them on Goodreads and I've had a hard time doing that. I apologize. Uh, If you're on Goodreads and you want to friend me, I'll friend you back if I can. So uh, always happy to do that. Uh, This is called a difficult but not unreasonable quiz for the well-read science fiction fan. Uh. (coughs) Okay. And I've crossed off a few of the answers that I thought were too easy. And so there are 17 questions left after that. So let's see how you do.
0: Crap. No great inflation. Okay.
1: Right. Okay. And and by the way, these are presented as multiple choice. In most cases, I'm not going to do that with you. Ah. Uh, but course. if you decide that that's what you want for a hint, I'll be glad to do
0: that. All right? Hey, you darling. just
1: ask. All right. All right. Question one. I always get the shakes before a drop is the uh, opening line to which novel?
0: Uh, Starship Troopers.
1: Correct. By...
0: Robert H. Heinlein. Right. I'm sorry, Robert A. Heinlein.
1: Question two. Now, this is a multiple choice. Of these science fiction authors, which one was not the editor of a science fiction magazine? Oh. Ben Bova, Frederick Pohl, John W. Campbell, or Edgar Rice Burroughs? Burroughs. Correct. Very good. Thank
0: you.
1: Question number three. In William Gibson's novel Neuromancer... There is an artificial intelligence named Neuromancer. Uh What is the other artificial intelligence called?
0: Oh, I know this. Um, It operates through a kernel whose empty eyes see nothing but blowing empty winter fields. The goal of the computer is to become fully artificially intelligent. Oh, wow. There's a lockout device. That does not allow its physical lock, out a key, uh-huh. that will not allow it to um, realize its full potential and essentially take over. Hmm. And it it arranges, it has to move through people. So it has to arrange this very complicated series of, it's a heist story, ah. to get the key to flip it on. And I'm stalling for time because I, I, I know what it is. I can't think of its name. Wintermute. Well, Wintermute. Very good. Wintermute. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay.
1: It's called Wintermute. It's not yeah. Johnny.
0: <laughs> no. I guess
1: I had to completely guess, and I said, it's Johnny.
0: No. <laughs> it's all a right. wonderful novel. It really is. I highly recommend reading it just to let you know what, what where all of the cyberpunk sensibility came from.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Number four. Uh-huh. What was the name of the army Ender Wiggin led in Ender's Game?
0: Oh, I don't know. The Gamers. That movie has been on our our TV machine recently. Yes. And it's been read. It's not
1: the rabbit army. It's not the rat army. It's not the scorpion army. No. It's the dragon army.
0: Yeah, no. All right. That made no impression on me. I'm sorry.
1: Number five. Which author invented the word robot? Would you like a, that to be a multiple choice question?
0: Um it's yeah cuz okay. it's I think that I think the, it was called Quimby's Usiform Robots. Q U R was the story I think. Oh. But give me the names, I think I'll be able to pull.
1: Okay, is it Isaac Asimov? No. Carol Kapek, H G Wells or John W Campbell? Kapek. That's correct. Uh-huh. All right. Number 6. John, the protagonist of John Scalzi's Old Man's War. Is how uh-huh. old? How old is he when he begins his military duty? Nine hundred. He's seventy-five.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> I had no idea. And I'm, I follow John Scalzi on Twitter. He said he's—that's
1: right. he's, younger than a lot of U.S. senators, I'll tell you.
0: I know. I know. <laughs> well, now, right. Apparently, it's now a really, really old man's war, old man's fight, only yeah. slightly old man's fight. So.
1: Number seven. Uh huh. Bob Broadhead. The protagonist of Frederick Pohl's Gateway uh-huh. nicknames his therapist Siegfried von Schrink. What makes Siegfried unique?
0: I have no idea.
1: Siegfried is an artificial intelligence.
0: Oh, well, that was obvious. I thought it was something more.
1: <laughs> Number <clears throat> eight. Uh, this is a multiple choice. Okay. His or her science fiction books often include genetically manufactured dragons. Is it Andre Norton, Werner Ving, Anne McCaffrey, or Madeline Lingle? Uh,
0: Anne McCaffrey.
1: That's correct. Number nine, how does the... I'm not even going to give you multiple choice for this one. Ah. How how does the virus kill its victims in Michael Crichton's Andromeda Strain?
0: Oh, uh, it turns their blood to goo.
1: Yes, crystallizes their blood. That's correct. Yep. Number 10, in the Island of Dr. Moreau by H.G. Wells, what do Dr. Moreau's creatures eat that they are not supposed to?
0: Quiche. <laughs> <laughs> As I recall.
1: Tacos. No, no. It's rabbits.
0: Oh, okay.
1: All right. Number 11, this, you're going to get this one. I probably should have crossed this one off, but I, I had to put it in because it, okay. pushes, it pushes all your buttons. It'll make ah. you happy. This Edgar Allan Poe story is alluded to and heavily drawn from in Ray Bradbury's The Martian Chronicles.
0: This Edgar Allan Poe story
1: mm-hmm.
0: is heavily drawn is,
1: from... Is heavily drawn from and alluded to in Ray Bradbury's The Martian Chronicles.
0: Okay, Ray Bradbury's The Martian Chronicles was a whole bunch of short stories mm. stitched together. So, it could be... And it was a story by Poe, not a poem.
1: Uh story. I believe so. Yes, yeah, storing.
0: And it would have to be something really, it wasn't premature burial, and it wasn't the fall of the House of Usher. So it would have to be either a cask of Amontillado or the telltale heart.
1: This answer that they give is the fall of the House of Usher.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I just, that went right past me.
1: Okay, number 12. In that was Sh- an easy one? Holy ah. crap. Well, it's just it had Poe and Bradbury in it, so I thought yeah. you would love that question.
0: But I did. I love the question. I hated the answer though. Uh,
1: number twelve. In Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, the creature demands what of Victor Frankenstein?
0: A bride.
1: That's correct.
0: A now, chick. Now, like yeah, every a companion guy.
1: or mate. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, number thirteen. In Neil Stevenson's novel Snow Crash, what does Raven keep in his motorcycle sidecar?
0: Let me see. I think Raven's a pizza delivery guy. Mm-hmm. So I think he keeps a magnetic harpoon <laughs> that he latches on to passing vehicles to tug him along.
1: Oh. No, it's actually a nuclear weapon.
0: Oh, see? Got that wrong.
1: <laughs> a mini nuclear weapon. All right.
0: I should read that novel more carefully.
1: Number 14. the nuke
0: of the sidecar.
1: Number 14. What is the name of the substance capable of freezing all water on planet Earth in Kurt Vonnegut's novel Cat's Cradle?
0: believe
1: it's ice nine ice nine that's correct
0: yeah great a great MacGuffin. yeah everybody
1: needs ice nine let's go get it okay
0: um yeah apparently buffalo has plenty of it (laughs) poor buffalo
1: oh we're feeling so so much sympathy for you right now Uh, i was in erie pennsylvania in, in 78 so i know i i've been through this it's it's awful uh, I, just,
0: I wish them the strength to get up on the roofs and shovel it off. Because getting to the point where yeah. the houses are going to start collapsing. There's that much snow. Well,
1: in the there's book. a picture at Open Thread at Cricks and Liars tonight, Thursday, of um, you know someone deciding. Well, I probably ought to go out and try to shovel. And he opens his door, and <laughs> there is no outside. It's just no. a wall of snow. So yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Number fifteen. In Larry Niven's Ring World, why is Teela Brown invited on the Ring World expedition?
0: She is genetically lucky.
1: That's correct. Uh-huh. Number 16, Name in Order.
0: Oh, crap. That, <laughs> there was, I was told there'd be no math.
1: <laughs> name in Order, the books in Isaac Asimov's Foundation trilogy.
0: Oh, Foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on a second. Foundation, Foundation, and Empire, the second foundation.
1: Very good. Woo.
0: And there's the fourth one that I always get wrong. There's Foundation in Robots and Foundation in Dragons and... So, but those are the those are the three cardinal ones.
1: All right, Num the last one, number mm-hmm. seventeen. What is the name of the very cold planet in Ursula Le, Le Guin's The Left Hand of Darkness?
0: Oh, it's the Darkness, yeah. Um,
1: the name of the cold, very cold planet.
0: Yeah, man, I can see the cover. I know that she uses an ansible to uh, the 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 scout there uses an ansible to communicate with the what's it called? It's called the um, the. Um, the name of the galactic organization that he's a part of. The people they kemmer when they change gender. Oh, I'm sorry, spoiler alert. People change gender in the story. <laughs> um I want to say Snowfall, but that's not it. I don't know.
1: It's called Winter.
0: Winter. That's okay. Fine. <laughs> Fine.
1: <clears throat> Thank you very much. That was very good. You did very well on that one, as I expected you would.
0: Thank you. That was a really fun test. It was Thank a you fun for, test. Uh, pulling that one out, uh-huh. I really appreciate. It. Yeah.
1: We'll do more later. And um, that's great. I love you. Oh, the ecumen.
0: The ecumen is the name of the global, the galactic government to which this planet is a part. Okay. Yeah. See, that's important, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's important to me that I remembered that. That's all.
1: (laughs) See you next week and happy Thanksgiving, everybody.
0: Bye, everyone.
1: Bye.